0: Merry Christmas. We are a church that is bringing together imperfect people in pursuit of a whole life, especially on Christmas. This is a special Christmas episode of the Pathfinder Church Message Podcast. This week, Pastor Dion gives us a very important message, summed up in two words Be hopeful. It's cold outside, isn't it? Oh, that little flame that looked really nice right now because it is, it is cold. And I, uh, I actually blame my son Corbin for this. I do. Because for the last few years, he's been complaining about all these 40 and 50 degree Christmases that we have, which I have no problem with. I'm from Michigan and I move for a reason. And yet he's been complaining. And so I, I think this is God finally giving him his wish for a cold, snowy Christmas so if you appreciate this as much as I do, you can say with me, thanks, Corbin. Right. Yeah, thanks, Corbin. Um, I don't follow the weather much at all. Also, a couple of weeks ago when people started talking about how cold it was going to be, I had no idea what they were talking about. And then they started talking about snow. And I, again, I had no idea what they were talking about. But eventually, I thought I should pay attention. And so, so I did what a lot of you do. I, I grabbed my phone, and, and I opened up my weather app. And I looked, and I'm like, wow, it's, it's supposed to get really cold, and there might be snow. And then do you know what I did next? I closed that app and I opened my other weather app to see if it said the same thing. Uh, anyone else have more than one weather app on your phone? Yeah, of course, because you're smart. <laughs> and you know that, that these outlooks, these forecasts, they're, they're just kind of made up. And so you got to like look around and try to synthesize to figure out what's actually going on. Now, I'm sure being a meteorologist is a really hard job. Who can predict the future, right? Uh, But I'm just saying, in my line of work, if you're wrong that often, you don't just get fired, you get burned at the stake. Heretics, that's that's what they do to heretics. And so today I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you, what is your forecast? What's your outlook when you think about where the world is headed. I think a lot of us have been thinking about that over the last few years, maybe more than ever. Where is all of this headed? For some of us, it's pretty clear. It seems like we're on a collision course with chaos or disaster. We're headed full speed in the wrong direction. We think about structures of society that are crumbling and families that are crumbling and morality that's crumbling. And and, and there's all these studies that say for the first time ever, generations do not expect their children and their grandchildren to have a better quality of life than they do. For a lot of us, we're pretty sure where this is headed. We're saying this is headed nowhere good. But there's some of us who say, no, wait wait a minute, wait a minute. We're actually on a good track. We're, We're pushing progress forward. We're solving problems. We're healing Diseases that used to ravage whole populations, we're we're extending lifespans, we're increasing socioeconomic status for millions of people around the globe. It's not perfect, but we're doing better and better all the time, we're getting better and better all the time, we're helping people, we're we're doing more than ever before. I want you to mark in your own mind which of these do you think is more accurate? Are, are we headed towards disaster or is everything going great? Are we losing? Or are we winning? Is it rain for days or sunny skies from here on out? Who's right? Well, I'm going to make an assumption. I'm going to assume that since you, uh, you got here early this morning to celebrate Jesus' birthday, I'm going to assume that you have respect for the person of Jesus and you care about what he says about things. So, so what does Jesus say about this, about where things are headed? What's his forecast? Well, once... His disciples asked him that very question, and and here's what he said. He said, nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and be put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. Wow, that's bleak, isn't it? Not good at all, Jesus says. There's a lot of bad stuff coming in the future, Jesus says. The outlook is not sunny so if you are one of the pessimists or cynics in the, in the congregation today, congratulations. You win. You got it right. Actually, hold on. Jesus isn't done. He has more to say. After all of that, the very next words he says are this. He says, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Well, 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 what do we have here? He kind of turns it around there, doesn't he? For starters, he says, you know what? Even if things get bad, here's the good news. If you stand firm in faith till the end, you'll be rescued from all this and taken into something better. That's great. It's great to know. And not only that, he, he says, but you know what, even for the situation of the world, things aren't as bad as they seem because the gospel of the kingdom of God is going to be preached to all nations, to the very ends of the earth. And here's what you need to understand, that where the gospel is preached, the true gospel of Jesus, things get better. They do. Now You may be thinking... Well, there's been all kinds of awful things that have happened in the name of religion, in the name of Jesus. I know, but that's not what Jesus is talking about. People have co-opted his name. People have co-opted his his gospel and and preached something else. That's not what he's talking about here. Whoever and wherever the gospel is preached and to whomever the gospel is preached, the results are unequivocally that things get better. And I can't prove this to you today, but I will say this. If it's something that you want to look into for yourself, if you're not sure, there's a book. It's called Who Is This Man? Who Is This Man? It's written by a pastor named John Ortberg. John Ortberg, Who Is This Man? Investigate it, study it for yourself. Wherever the gospel has gone throughout time, things get better. So those of you who are optimists, if your forecast of the future is good... Then guess what? You're also right. Yay, everyone wins. It's kind of like 90s elementary school. Everyone gets a trophy. So what's, what's the takeaway in all of this? Here's the takeaway. If you want to be a person of hope, if you want to be hopeful, as we were just prompted to do, right, be hopeful, then we have to embrace both outlooks. And this is where we get this wrong all the time. We, we sometimes assume that being a hopeful person is one in the same with being an optimist, but that's not true. A prisoner of war, James Stockdale, if you've heard of Admiral Stockdale before, he, he ran for president with Ross Perot back in the 90s. Um, but before that, uh, he proved that this wasn't true. He was a prisoner of war for seven and a half years in Vietnam, in North Vietnam, in what was called the Hanoi Hilton. Now, if you don't know what this is, this is not a hotel. Um, it was a tongue-in-cheek cheek name for a torture prison. It was one of the most heinous. And In fact, when I went to Vietnam 12 years ago, I, I toured this prison, and it, 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 is, it is an eerie place. And Stockdale was there for seven and a half years. He actually survived it when very few people did. A few years ago, Jim Collins, maybe you've heard of him. He's a, he's a business writer. He wrote a book called Good to Great. And in part of the book, he talks to Stockdale and, and he and he's wants to understand, how, you know, how, how does a person come out of a situation like that after seven and a half years in a prisoner of war, uh, a prison, camp, how do, you, how do you survive that? And so he's asking Stockdale about how he survived. And then he asks him the question, okay, but who didn't make it out? Tell me about those people who didn't survive. And Stockdale said, oh, that's easy. That's easy. It was the optimists. The optimists never survived. And Collins asked him, he said, wait a minute, wait a minute. The optimist didn't survive? You have to explain that. And he said, yeah, uh, here's what would happen. The optimist would say, we'll be out by Christmas. And then Christmas would come and go, and we'd still be there. And, and then they'd say, we'd be out, we'll be out by Easter. And then Easter would come and, and go. And then Thanksgiving would come and go. And next Christmas would come and go. And they would die of a broken heart. Viktor Frankl, concentration camp survivor in the Nazi camps, he a uh, writer and a brilliant man, um, he observed the same thing in the Nazi concentration camps. That those who, who had an overly optimistic point of view, they died of a broken heart. See, hope and optimism, they are not the same. But, but that's not an invitation to pessimism either. Because we also know that pessimism can be deadly. (laughs) It can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you expect the worst, the worst will often happen. You'll make it happen in life. So it's not an invitation to pessimism. Here's what Stockdale said. He said that in the camps, the ones who were most likely to survive were the people who believed to their core that they would get out. And they also knew that it wouldn't be soon. They held both outlooks. Here's how he summarized it. He said this, he said, you must never confuse faith that you will prevail in the end, which you can never afford to lose, with the discipline to confront the most brutal facts of your current reality, whatever they might be. I'll give you a second to take that in. It's known as the Stockdale Paradox. But you know what? I think he's actually describing biblical hope. See, hope isn't what we think it is. It's not naively assuming that life is going to be great. It's it's not it at all, but instead, hope is a choice that we make in the middle of moments when life is anything but great, when life is hard, when life is heartbreaking, when life is difficult, when your life is on the line. Hope is the decision. It's a choice that we make in the middle of those moments where we say, yes, life is really bad right now, but it's a choice to believe that things will get better. I think for a lot of us, we, we assume that hope is this naive optimism that is the luxury of those who are sheltered and privileged and coddled through life. But that's not the case at all. I like how Stockdale said it. Hope is grounded in the brutal facts of reality. It is grounded in the crap of life. And it's a choice that believes that although things are bad, they will get better. In other words, you can't know real hope until you've been severely tested. Uh, Some of you know that the last couple of years have been uh, hard on my family. I've talked about it from time to time. And most recently this year, we lost someone whom we love dearly that we were really, really close to. And uh, that's been a whole new journey as a part of the last... Two years, And and earlier this week, my wife Jocelyn and I, we found ourselves in this moment of shared grief. And at at this point now, we we like to take turns with this. So one of us is sad and the other one is strong so that someone can be around to console the other person. But we found ourselves in this moment this week where we were both just really sad. And so we were hugging each other in the kitchen and we were uh, just there holding each other and, and crying. And I said to Jocelyn, I just said, you know, I, I know people die. I know this stuff happens. I'm around death all the time. I just didn't see it going this way. I didn't see it happening to us. And she was kind of quiet for a moment. We're still hugging there in the kitchen. And and then she said, you know, it feels like we've been saying that a lot lately. I just didn't see it happening to us. And for a moment, that put me into a tailspin, because she's absolutely right. We've said that so many times. Yeah, bad stuff happens, and we've seen bad stuff happen to other people. Just somehow we didn't see it happening to us. And and my first thought was like, oh, no, we're naive, I don't know how you feel about naive people, but I pride myself on being savvy and street smart and realistic and, and, and I don't want to be naive. And I thought, oh my gosh, we are those people. We are the naive people who are going through life thinking nothing bad happens or at least it's not going to happen to us. We're those people. And then I thought, no, 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 that's not the case at all. I thought, no, maybe this is hope. See, hope is knowing That bad things can happen, but it's choosing not to live under the constant fear that they will. Otherwise, what's your alternative? You go through life guarded and armored and and, and hyper-vigilant and ready for something terrible to happen. That's no way to live. But then I had another thought as we were there hugging in the kitchen, both trying to console each other. And the thought was simply this, that in all of the difficulty of the last couple of years, maybe we are becoming better acquainted with true hope. Because it's just like Stockdale said, Hope is not the thing that that comes to us when life is easy. Hope shows up. We, we learn real hope when all of your positive expectations have been dashed, when, when life is broken, when your security is taken away, when you're crushed, either because of a, of a dead friend or a dead relationship or a dead career or, or a dead future. See, hope is the choice to believe the voice whispering in your ear telling you, I know it's bad right now, but I promise you it'll get better. I have a glorious ending in store for you. Do you know in the Bible, hope is compared to an anchor? In the book of Hebrews, the writer to the Hebrews compares hope to an anchor. I don't know about you, but that never made sense to me. I mean, anchors are heavy. Anchors are a drag. That doesn't sound anything like hope. If anything, hope should be a hot air balloon or something. Lofty, flying away. And Yet, the writer of the Hebrews didn't choose something up in the sky to refer to hope. He, he, chose, he chose an anchor. And that always confused me, but in the last couple of years, I'm beginning to understand why, in fact, that's a genius comparison. See, it's because anchors aren't for... When you're clipping around in life, clipping through life, headed to some exciting destination when everything is good, right? You don't need an anchor in those moments when the, when the seas are smooth and you're traveling in the direction you want to go and everything's great. And, and in the same way, you can't know real hope when everything in life is good. You, you can't possibly know it. It's something else. It's not hope. See, anchors are for those moments in life when everything gets turbulent, when chaos swirls around you, when, when death and destruction and, and all the things start pressing in and swirling around you. An anchor is the only thing that can keep you from being swept away. Hope is an anchor. And so I want you just to think about the situation of the world that first Christmas. So often we imagine it as a quaint, sweet, serene place. And yet that visualization couldn't be further from the truth. It was a brutal time in human history. The, the Romans were these forced occupiers of much of the world and they occupied the nation of Israel and they were totally unjust. They, they were heavy-handed. They would, they would beat, kill, imprison people for doing nothing wrong. There was no rule of law. The Romans could do whatever they wanted to whomever they wanted. It was an oppressive, oppressive time. But it wasn't just that the Romans were, were oppressive. The church, the, the faith institutions were also oppressive. The temple was oppressive. It was taken over by power-hungry men who didn't care about God. They, they cared about power and they cared about lording it over people. And, and so there was no comfort even in religion. It was also oppressive. And not only that, but it was a time where there were genocides and wars. And if those things didn't kill you, then starvation and disease would. And then you have Mary and Joseph. You, you have this, this young, naive couple who find themselves thrown into the middle of this scandalous pregnancy through no fault of their own. They're put in a life-threatening situation, and if not life-threatening, then definitely threatening to their whole social status. Again, we, we have these illusions that it was this quaint, beautiful thing, and on the surface maybe it was, but it was a time that was harsh, and it was desperate, and it was rife with despair. And I think that's so important for us to understand because it was that moment that God saw as the perfect moment for hope to be born. See, I don't know what your journey has been like. I don't know what your recent days or years have been like. I don't know the circumstances of your life. But here's what I can tell you. The more desperate you feel, the harsher your reality, the more concerning and threatening your outlook, your forecast of where things are headed, the more prepared you are to know real hope, the more ready your situation is for God, just like he did 2,000 years ago, to cause hope, to be born in you. Pray with me. God, I'm grateful that you chose Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, a place of hopelessness, to bring hope, unprecedented hope, into the world through your Son Jesus. God, I'm grateful because that's a promise to us that when we are in our most hopeless places, when, when despair is all around us, when, when the, outcasts or the outlook and the forecast is, is dark and scary, God, it's a promise to us that we are not forsaken, that those are the moments that you love to show up in, that it, that it is those very moments where hope is born, where where we get to understand it, where we get to claim it, where we get to live it. God, I thank you for all of the moments of joy that we get to experience in life. And Father, I pray that our celebration of Christmas would be filled with joy, that you'd keep us safe, that you'd protect us, that you'd keep us civil and kind toward each other. You'd make us quick to forgive and slow to anger, that our days ahead would be filled with joy because that's a gift And Lord, when we experience joyful moments over the next few days, may we not forget that those moments come from you. They're a gift from you and cause our hearts to give thanks. But Lord, if the days ahead should hold less than joy for us, if they should be difficult, if they should be heartbreaking, if they should be threatening, if the harshest realities of life should swirl around us and threaten to devour us and sweep us away, Lord, remind us that even greater than joy, you've promised us hope. Hope is one of the things that will remain when all else ceases. God, make us people of hope. Don't waste the difficult seasons and moments that we go through in life and that our world goes through. But God continue to be the voice of promise that whispers in our ears in our darkest moments assuring us that we are never forsaken, we are never alone. That as bad as things might be in the here and now that you have a glorious future for all of us. God in our own moments of despair just like you did 2,000 years ago cause hope to be born in us. We pray it for Jesus' sake and in his name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this special Christmas edition of the Pathfinder Church Message Podcast. If you'd like to hear more messages like this well into the new year, hit the subscribe button. You can also find more resources at our website, pathfinderstl.org. Merry Christmas.